This is episode 226 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dion Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel. I have a useful question, Manzano. Pick me. Pick me. Will, I'm all (laughs) about... Will, I'm about to ban all y'all. Hey, Wood. Good evening, everybody. And Ryan, the end of the bidding, Staniszewski. It's happening. The happening of the bidding. All right. So for anybody who hasn't been up to date, let's give you guys a quick summary of what's happened over the last few days. On Thursday, AMG, for their mini extravaganza, they had an X-Wing panel where they talked about a lot of lot of changes that are happening to X-Wing, some things that are upcoming. We did do a like initial reactions cast right after that. And today, what we're going to be doing is touching on a lot of those same things but specifically we want to to hear from our audience hear from our community kind of see what are some of the consistent question marks and worries that are coming up so that we can take note of the questions see kind of what we think might be happening maybe the answers came forth because i will tell you a lot of small things kind of trickled out during a lot of the other a lot of the other casts that they were doing during that weekend, they did a bunch of painting stuff. So a lot more kind of casual streams and they were answering small questions here or there. And I'm sure they were, they were not surprised that a lot of those questions came up. So the answer to your question may have been answered. We might have that answer. We might not, but we're going, we're just going to kind of dive right in and we might be rehashing some of the stuff we talked about last uh on thursday but uh, i think it's okay because this is this is really the news of the hour this is really where where we have to uh where we have to live right now now where i kind of want to start gentlemen is i know for myself and i'm not going to get into specifics yet that after after sleeping on it a few days and really thinking about what some of the changes that are coming that i do my my emotions around it have changed a little bit. I think I've become overall more positive than I was before after actually internalizing and thinking around some of the more things rather than going, you know, because we just jumped right into it. Everything was just raw on Thursday. But now we could have a little bit more thought. Uh, Will, we'll throw it to you. Just kind of overall, how, how you feeling after a few days? Uh, well, um I think my knee has become unjerked and we're starting to uh, realize the um, benefits and uh, what do I want to say, the, uh, um, the foundations moving forward um, that can come a part of this. Still a lot of questions to be answered for sure, um, but uh, for the most part, it, it seems to be a beneficial um, way to go forward yeah similar um i think mostly it's it's like will said i have more questions now how how the details are all laid out and i'm excited to see the end of the month likely uh because they said points are shown at the end of the month i i assume along with those points which they had said were very large in change in terms of the amount of things they were shifting around, maybe not the amount of points per thing, but we'll see. 
but my hope is we'll also receive those new rules and maybe tournament type regulation documents. I'm mainly just probably more so rules first. I don't know if they'll have the OP documents set yet for that, um, but I'm just excited to see the details and what their their points structure for all the ships, what their mindset is on everything with these new foundationally rule-changing uh, effects. Marcel? Um, yeah, I think, like, everyone, my my initial reaction kind of, like, like, just settled a bit. I don't think I... I what, I looked at anything negatively other than I wanted more organized play um, information, which we didn't get. I actually thought all the changes were um, outside of my trolling online, uh, but you guys should already know that I'm going to troll no matter what. Um, like I, I didn't have any, any real things against that. I mean, whatever the, the rules are, the rules are going to be the same for everyone else. So if you play a certain kind of list or if you don't play the certain kind of list, there's no advantage to anyone because everybody's still ultimately going to play by the same rules. Um, however, what I found myself is actually a little bit unmotivated to build and play because I'm thinking in my head, like in two weeks, like everything that I'm building is either, you know, the upgrades are going to change, the rules are going to change, the points are going to change. Uh, so, so why bother? I'm kind of like, so I, I don't know how you guys, and I'm curious, I wanted to ask that, ah. I said, I got a question. I, that's what I wanted to ask. Like you guys, like, um, how do, you know, again, me that I'm not really, I'm not really too excited or motivated to build anything right now, knowing that it's kind of just for funsies, but in two weeks when the points or when the actual rules come out, I know I'm going to be stuck to my phone or to Yazzie right. or something. Just being like, oh, what can I build here? What can I build? And, and, and probably like bothering everyone on, on, um, on, you know, they're looking for great, looking for games chat, just trying to get games in. And so that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm at, I'm at a weird lull of excitement to play right now. I'm excited to play. I'm excited for that to be the reality already so i can play in that reality which is kind of weird i find i find that interesting because I, I will tell you marcel today so i i started getting ready today for wednesday uh, by the way we should be assuming that everything works uh i gotta double check with pastimes we will be live from pastimes will commentating um will will and friends and uh and we'll we we have that have that planned for this Wednesday starting at 5 p.m. um but i actually when i was building my list for Wednesday i felt liberated to be completely honest even with some of the small tweaks with the idea of that bids don't matter cuz you know in our in our pastimes chat today i said guys even though we don't have the new points for this weekend uh for this week let's you know uh, bids don't matter. We have the the bids bids essentially being negative points for you, uh, or being counted for your opponent, and um, and for for the rounds, we said you know we're still going to play seventy five minutes to keep it organized, uh, but we'll 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 go with the longer 
turn limit, even though I will say that I doubt anybody will get to 15. But we'll we'll go with 15, 15 rounds just to, just to leave it nice and open and not get too restricted yet. More of just trying to get used to it. For me, I was liberated. I was like, oh, let's build the 200. The, the bid doesn't matter because I have zero control over who is going to be first player. I'm just going to build something that seems fun. And I built a four, a four ship list that's sitting right here. And I'm excited. I'm excited to play it on Wednesday. Like I, I just, I built a 200 and, and let, let the, didn't have to worry about, uh, about the bid and, and, and I'm ready to face the consequences either way. That's That's where I am. But at the same time, Marcel, I understand you're, you're excited for, you want that big you're you're ready for the big wave you're like let's go give me all the changes you want to start prospecting those points yeah i feel like ryan when asked to play extended he's like can i wait until a hyperspace tournament you know i feel like that like like i, I enjoy the game but i know that in a couple of weeks um new toys are coming out and i want to play with the new toys toys being mm -hmm. rules yeah, I mean, Marcel, I'm with you too. I, I, my, my thing is just want to know the details so I can start thinking about where I want to move forward with types of things I'm interested in trying and playing and what small point upgrades that were never taken before. Now something I need to consider or think about taking myself. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not too motivated to play right now. Uh, besides, just you know, if I have the opportunity to pick it, do a couple pickup games with friends, I might do that and just try out the new rules, even without the details, just to see how things flow. But not any hardcore list building thinking right now. Too much is going to change. Now, I, I think this is a good chance to. I want to hit on a couple of things that people that was unclear, and I've gotten some clarifications on. So let let's clear some of the muck out of the way because I see some of the chat spreading some of the like. I'm not going to say misinformation, but some of the confusion in there. Okay, a couple of things. Um, I'll go ahead and hit first player. Okay, first player will be randomized, not choice, and that is set at the beginning of the game. And stays for the entire game. Alright? It's not roll and then decide and then it sticks. It's roll and that's what it is. It's more of a... Cause a lot of us think about like, oh, we'll, do, we'll roll a die and whoever wins the die roll on a tie gets to choose. That's, that's, not, that's not it anymore. It is... Let's, let's, go, let's go coin flip. Heads or tails, I'm heads, you're tails, and whoever, quote-unquote, is chosen by the coin is now the first player. All right, that, that, is, that is what it is. It's not, I won the coin toss, I get to choose. That's not what it is. It is actually randomized, and, 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 and that's it, all right? So um, that's the first thing I wanted to get, get done. Now, to address something... A lot of people are like. Well, I wish they would have. Uh, they would have thought about this, and that was alternating from turn to turn. Who's first player? I will tell you from my sources, it was thought about, and it was deemed too complicated. And I know, I know that you might be saying, "How is that complicated? We could just like pass a thing back and forth." There's some weird things with um, the what something Q. What's there's the what's the word something Q. Um, Help me out here, guys. 
Uh, the ability cue. Ability, cue. ability cue. Yeah. There it is. The the ability cue. Uh, I was enjoying you fishing. There. <laughs> yeah. So there's some weird stuff that can happen with the ability cue when you end up flipping back and forth. And they just decided, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna get rid of that complication and set it random at the beginning and and leave it for the entire the entire game. Okay. So that was the first thing I wanted to address. The second thing was some people were concerned that in tournament play there would not be a timer. They clearly addressed it. There was actual an actual clip where they said, "Of course in a tournament organized setting there's going to be have to be a timer because we have to worry about, you know, how long places are open." Like they very clearly addressed that. So will there be a time limit? Yes. Might it also implement a turn limit as well? Maybe. That we don't know. That we don't know. Um, so that's that's the second. Those are like the two big things I saw just kind of being confused and rolled around. So I wanted to address those two things. All right. So Ryan, you, you went uh, you went fishing for some questions. You were looking at uh, looking at our, our our list of submissions. We did did end up getting some more, um, but go ahead, give me the first one that you saw that you thought was a was a really good question. I'd like to make a side note that if our thumbnail for this episode on YouTube isn't all of us fishing in a boat, then I think we've done it wrong. <laughs> I can fishing. I can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Too many fishing uh, uh, references, but. We'll start with our own uh, Dan Daniel Leone Epionic, um, starting with, uh, do we think bans or restrictions will be permanent or temporary similar to a season of hyperspace? Furthermore, how are bans and restrictions helpful for new players who may not know about the r resources available? He's basically, he's trying to make sure, you know, he understands that keeping them from being dumpster at the initial game, but they could very well be bringing a ban list and not know about it and feel slightly discouraged about that situation. So I guess I'll address the latter half of that actually first. Um, it clears, I, as much as it can be helpful to new players going forward to get rid of abusive cards and putting them on a ban, or they did say restricted list. That is mm -hmm. another thing too. So we might see a, a, a weighing of percentages of what things need to be banned, which may be a much smaller list than what's being restricted, format or not. But um, as that is on AMG to make sure that is a communicated and easy to find list both for existing and new players. So however they need to post it up, however they need to communicate, they need to make sure it's as clear as possible. Now, as, as discouraged as it may be, for the very first time someone shows up and makes that mistake, I don't know how often they're going to make that mistake a second time. It's just going to take that one time that, unfortunately, if they show up to an event or a, a store like League Night or whatever... I doubt anyone's going to be super critical and not offer to let them borrow something that is not part of the ban list or may, let them make that adjustment. I would assume if you are partaking in a large event, you have likely done the research to make sure your list is legal or someone has checked it, such as a TO, to make sure it's legal before the event gets started. But assuming this is more of on a store level or league, They'll find out, unfortunately, the first time. It's it's a, it's a reality. It's going to happen. And likely the community will support them and tell them where this can be found 
and let them move on with the knight with some a legal list, so to say. Um, for his first part of his question, I would say I think bans might be more permanent than restrictions. Restrictions seem like something that might be a little more fluid with formats, whether it's a hyperspace or whatever the future of hyperspace is, and the scenarios or whatever formats that AMG creates. What do you guys so, think? I um, About the first part about the ban list, people bringing stuff to ban list after building a list, I actually don't think that's going to be an issue at all because um, since the cards don't have any printed values on them anymore, they have to go to the website. They have to go to the documents, and they're more than likely building it on Yasby uh, just because they have to go somewhere to get the point. So if they're not getting it on Yasby because they're not familiar with Yasby, they're looking at the PDF document, and the PDF document will have whatever upgrade that, that's a supernatural because uh, I think that's probably the one that everybody wants to ban. Or Admiral Sloan. Let's assume Sloan is banned. I'm putting my marker down. Sloan is banned. Um, and they're they're trying to find out how much Sloan costs, and, and they don't see it in the list. Either they're not going to add it, or they're going to do some more research and find figure out about the ban list. So I don't think that's going to be, that portion of it is going to be a big uh, deterrent whatsoever, because they'll figure it out right away in list building. Will? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have strong opinions on uh, a ban list, banning cards, restrictions, I could see uh, the value in, um, like, uh, uh, Boba can't use force users, or fire sprays can't use force users, uh, as just like a ban, right? Or, excuse me, as a restriction. Um, I don't know what else uh, you could restrict other than if they're like you can only bring four dorsal turrets in your list or something like that right um like that i could see some but like that's essentially just pips to me you're just eroding cards at that point um i don't like the bands though i think they're uh, a lot of what epion i can even jonah um asked a similar question about i i don't think that bands um, how do I want to say it? I don't think that they are necessary. We have tools in place already. Uh, you got different formats. You got um, just pointing something out to like 30 or 40 points if you really don't like it. Um, and you could use these tools and formats to curve a lot of that things that would be problematic. So I don't, and or just errata the card. I understand like it, errata is gonna you're gonna end up in the same situation of if you just like banned a card, right? People not knowing what it is, uh, not knowing that it's banned, things like that. But uh, I'm just uh, going to echo what Marcel said. Is like we're no one's printing out PDFs and getting their calculator out uh, to build lists. So it should be easy to find these restrictions, um, or hopefully it's easy to find the restrictions uh, for players. But I think everybody who, it's gonna be the talk of the town uh, about the first bands. So I'm both excited and scared to see what those <laughs> happen to be. 
Well, so here's here's a couple of things again with with having some of the conversations I've had, uh, re-listening to a lot of what AMG's saying because I think, and I've I've been vocal about this already that they're the the majority of the community that is very active on social media and will outwardly either give dissent or praise are generally those that are into in the competitive scene or a very active player even if they're not in the competitive scene so um i think sometimes they're the way that they say things because a lot of people who are active in the scene that we know the vocabulary and sometimes they're not always using the vocabulary that we want or that we're used to to say possibly what they mean so um some of the things that i've been kind of listening through one of the things you know i'm thinking about like oh you know we have hyperspace already i know that a lot of people are, are kind of pointing to that we have hyperspace already there is a there is a possibility that hyperspace doesn't exist anymore okay so what what i'm hearing from from really listening to amg is that likely we will end up in a two format system again okay and there will be what what will what we know as extended and that it will be extended will essentially end up being your kitchen table do whatever you feel like at x-wing okay and then you will end up with a curated format that is hyperspace-esque because here's the thing because some when at first, I was on the fence on, a, on on band list, but we've had a band list already. It's just called hyperspace, essentially. And what I think we end up with is a, a other curated format that says these are things you can play. These are things you cannot play. You can have X number of this and X number of that. And... I think we end up there, and this is again, this is just kind of listening to what they're saying because they not not once in any of their conversations have they ever said the word hyperspace. Like that just does that hasn't been in their vocabulary. And I think most likely we end up with some type of curated format that ends up being the normal way to play X Wing. I don't know if that makes sense, but like the the, the standardized regular actual x-wing i don't know <laughs> actual actual x-wing you guys kind of know know what i'm saying here yeah they're, they're, i mean they basically they also didn't use the word extended the only word that right. i remember coming out was um not word words plural were standard and they use standard uh mostly for uh for list building standard like uh you know like they use standard to define what we see now as quick builds, um, but they, they, yeah, they basically only, they didn't really talk about game modes other than you know what you play, mm -hmm. and then these alternative play scenarios, which I'm sure will have their own list building rules and things like that, like the uh, Aces High, um, you know, the X Wing League or whatever you guys like. What the the fuzzball league or whatever, right? Uh, kickball, droid ball, whatever, and the um, like the thematic side 
things that they're doing. So those, I, I assume, will have their own list building um, challenges, uh, especially if you're playing something thematic and it's like they, like they were saying in the Battle of Yavin, it's kind of you're, you're not going to throw something from a different era into the Battle of Yavin because it kind of takes you away from the theme. But for actual, I'm not going to say competitive, for actual regular play, standard play, I don't. They they didn't really get into any of that, and I don't think that that you know now that you know they're repl- in my view they're re- they're moving hyperspace the version of hyperspace which is curated to be the regular play, and hyperspace is what's hyperspace now is moving into like themed uh, narrative or side kind of weird things like jank tank or whatever it would be that makes sense yeah and there's another thing to consider that you brought up marcel is that these banned or restricted lists could be a lot more implemented or affected in the scenario formats there just may be some upgrades or cards that just they they just can't be designed around for the developers to make a fun and engaging experience whether it's objective competitive play or scenario competitive play or scenario or objective casual play either or you know like let's say they found that trajectory simulator just makes the middle part of the objective on this board a nightmare design around we don't want that card to be in this we don't want bombs launching off of things constantly and say nim with scum saying well if you go here at any point in the game to get your objective points you get to take a bomb because i said so (laughs) that actually makes a lot of sense i didn't think about that ryan like banning seismic charges in an objective-based format that relies on asteroids being there there might be certain yeah wordings or things that they just can't have in there because of how it interacts with their objective or scenario yeah all right that was that that's good and and this is again right now we're in a spot where we don't know where it is but i think i think the most important and i want to i want to hit this before as we continue to dive is that in the end i think i think the most positive thing out of this all is the fact that x-wing is in fact being worked on right i think that's probably that's probably the best part because we did not get the armada notice right that 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 is what we don't want we got an active like hey we're doing stuff we're doing stuff which i think is is the best part and it might not be Knee-jerk reactions, and I think Ryan, you 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 had said that you had seen some people like sell the collection, or you know, they see these overreactions from people. Um, we were talking. I don't think uh, I've seen the sell the collection yet, but there have been some pretty loud voices right. out there. Like, let's let's live it first. Different is not necessarily bad, and also, I think we'll also get to some some of the opinions that I think are. I'm going to say, I guess an opinion can't necessarily, I don't want to say invalid, but I think there's a lot of, bi- there we go, biased opinions. There's a lot of biased opinions out there, and we'll address, I think, some of those as uh, as we go here. Uh, we- go ahead, Ryan. Uh, Marcel, you're you, this person right here. <laughs> guy, guy in the green. Guy, yes. uh, guy in the green, not with the green behind. Yeah. Um, just, I'm, I'm just curious where where you guys are. Uh, I want to do a too early to call 
ban like oh i, I want us to guess what people are banning and let's not do the anything that anything that's <laughs> over 20 points let's assume yeah. anything over 20 points is getting banned because they already tried to ban it with with high points do we think that's how they're gonna go with the route with it i think supernatural luke those they've tried to ban them by points already uh so i think they've already yeah. they've already been identified as as things that sh should not be in the game by making them uh prop i would even go as far as saying like delta 7 b they tried to do that by on and on a certain uh so that might even be a restricted one where anakin can take that or something because they they pointed that at what, like twenty something points, or in snare as well. Really um, high, yeah. And snare is twenty something. So anything not above, not at twenty or above, I'm curious. Because in snare, actually, that might be another one. Like in snare, might be another well, one that, so that gets the those. Bullet. Those type of cards with seven being in snare make it sort of a different ship, and you have to make the point cost high versus the base chassis. Although seven B, I think, might be fine not being restricted or banned, but. The, the the play experience of dealing with ensnare is not a fun time and i am always advocating that to be gone from the game anyway um but that's besides the point all right so let's go one each so one each not high point cost actually not not one. yeah anything under 20 yeah. and we can't say zam she's obvious well, right so marcel the, <laughs> we know what marcel's gonna say so marcel you have to pick something other than sloan all right oh, yeah. <laughs> uh will uh, I'll, I'll go i'll go first with an easy one um and this might target one specific ship in general um but it's i would actually like to see a ban on rose tico um it's an extremely powerful ability with essentially no downside i'll clarify uh, pilot or crew oh Oh, yeah, I guess she is a pilot, isn't she? No. <laughs> she's a very well-taken uh, pilot a lot, too. Uh, no, she's totally fine as the pod. Like, she could go up a little bit for a price point. Um, 25 is absurd. But, uh, no, I'm actually talking the crew. Um, she is one of the f uh, few crew outside of, like, force users that can, like, guarantee you a passive mod every single round. And it's just absolutely abused uh, on a, a Ray Finn Falcon. So a little niche, but uh, that's that's a card I could see banned. All right, all right. All right, I'll, go, I'll take one. I'll say, um, I was going to say Sloan. Uh, I will not say Regen because I like Regen, but... <laughs> That, that I think I think that's on the bubble, but um, or let me say non-named region, maybe not R two D two, but like the generic R two. But what I'd say is where I'm gonna go is with the original Slave One title. This the one that gets that's the a good one. Fee. Yeah, because they the got the second. One, yeah, yeah, the Scum Slave One. I think yeah, that one. gets the ban. Oh man. There's a lot of recent stuff that maybe just hasn't gotten the correct points adjustment yet that I don't want to hit. Like I could say FTC, but like we have, they haven't done their balancing act yet. I think so. I'll say one that we've had since the beginning. I'll go with sense. I think uh, after stuff like ref all the reflexes cards and pre-dial repositions, the next target for me is dial peaking, and that's the most widely available and usable. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, 
I was I was going I was going to say sense as well. So so um there's more dialed peaking cards if you want to say that. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Cassian uh is, is probably the next one that that comes to mind. Um Yeah, kill Vimorati. Vimorati is overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how about uh hold on, hold on. Give All right. So Prime Thrusters Prime Thrusters is something that is is a road that worries me a little bit because essentially one of the things we're talking about if we kind of dig to the to the core of the issue is that we want the game to have consequences right you make a choice you made a bad choice here's your consequence cards that have no consequences that or that allow you to make up for for consistently without some type of charge or something is problematic to me. So for instance, a great version of it I think is Contraband Cybernetics. Is a fantastically designed card. One turn you get to mitigate stress stuff. Prime Thruster okay. says, "Hey, you got boost and barrel? Baby, that stress don't actually matter. You can oh people are like, "Oh, but you can it has a limit of 3." Hey, that that is a couple turns of being able to mitigate that. So cards in that vein that are that don't have charges, aka cough cough AMG, make sure more things have charges, I think could be could be an issue. And over time, as a new version of it comes out, might be replaced. Your contraband cybernetics wants to meet Mr. Cutthroat and Jabba the Hutt. Oh well yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's true, um, but yeah, I guess to 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 go off of Marcel's uh, Marcel's question there. All right, Will, take take the next one. Okay, so let's take a look here. Um, actually, I I want to go into uh, Worms' question here. Um, we got to color some of these so we know which ones we've done already. Um, I was about to take care of that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, all right. So Worms asks some pretty straightforward questions here, but it opens up a larger discussion, in my opinion. I uh, ask, uh, is passive sensors, Vader? Remember, passive sensors allows you to take an action at the when you engage, and then X1 Vader could then force or use his ability to use the force to chain actions off of that. Um, so essentially, you get to bear roll at the start of engagement. Um, uh, anyways, is Passive Sensors Vader the best ace in the game right now? Um, does this, the not bidding help Vault Scarus, uh, who likes to actually shoot before other I-5s, likes to be first player, um, because that's how, he's got a similar ability to Passive Sensors when he engages, he gets to take actions. Um, it was this all done to make Vault Scarus playable now? Um, and then I'm basically, I'm adding in my own question here of who benefits the most from no bit? Uh, obviously, my opinion is that Passive Sensors Vader has a lot of tools now um, that he, he didn't before. I mean, he had them before, but he could just take a bit, right? Like why pay five points for advanced or passive sensors? You could just take a five-point bid and be in about the same position. Um, unless you want to block and then barrel roll off a block, which is pretty funny. 
Um, what do you guys think? Who benefits the most from no bid? I think all the big base, um, all the big bases, the the ones that cannot reposition are the ones like uh, like the Bosk, the um, um, you Hera, know Deng Dengar, huh? Hera can kind of reposition. Yeah, Hera, the Arcs. Let's say you know what's mm -hmm. uh, Nora Wexley on the Arc, uh, things like that. Um, Again, Dengar moving in things that don't reposition much and just joust. Uh, they're not. They're now they can. They can do a better job of countering aces that usually fly around them, and um, so they'll have less of that. Plus, uh, yeah, I think that that's pro those are probably like big base ships in general. I think are the ones that benefit the most. Yeah, I think in line with that, Marcel, those big base ships tend to be, unless you're a Falcon who has boost, that can do those those sweeping large moves and arc dodge in that manner. Um, it's it's the more jousty style aces, your, your wedge, your quick draw, those type of... Normally, they don't get a ton of benefit. I mean, it is always helpful to move after someone else, but they don't have the repositional capability to really get out of stuff. They're just there to hit really hard. But it also makes them a little more predictable as to the, where they can be. So if now they can move second, it is still is on the onus of maybe the double reposition aces to say, I just have to be somewhere where I know you can't get me, which will take a little bit of a learning curve to get used to, but I think is a lot more attainable than people think. Because those double repositions can definitely get you in spots where a wedge or a quick draw just can't get to without losing some of its potential firepower if they if they want to try and barrel roll or if wedge tries to boost, for example. Um, I think passive sensors Vader is actually might be considered one of the better aces out of this because that passive sensors ability at I six is really really good for that because he has his actionable ability off of it. We'll have to see if that's something. That has a cost increase, or if AMG recognizes that, or just says this, we're making Vader one of the best aces in the game because it's Vader. Go for it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, Defender Vader. I mean, he had a lot of point cost with him originally. He still does right now. And cares a lot less about bidding. He can get more tools and friends around him or on him. So whichever he wants to go with. So Vader up across the board. Uh, in terms of the Vault Scarus specifically, uh, Vault Scarus wasn't really used now, and he could have been put in lists where he didn't bid either and still have went first and first player. The problem with Vault is he's I-5, so the other I-6s can hunt him down before he even gets the chance to use his abilities, which is the sad part. So I hope Vault goes, uh, has a place to exist, because he's cool, though. I think all the defenders as well, because defenders with their 4Ks, just any defender in general, uh, including uh, Vader Defender. Uh, Vader Defender doesn't mind going first. You know, he'll, he, you know, innovate is nice. And he doesn't mind going second. And then just defenders in general, the with the 4Ks, you can, your time on target is always going to be high. So I, I think you, even, uh, who else has K turns without getting any consequences um four users four users yeah, <laughs> ray uh you know ray that that mm -hmm. you know ray with the title 
So people that can get behind you uh, and say, okay. Any rebel you, list with Leia crew? Exactly. Like they, 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 you, you can outmaneuver me or you can double reposition and get out of my arc this first time, but I'm going to K turn without consequences. I think those lists will, all of those ships that can do that um, are automatically better. I don't. I don't even know. Like I. I think because my 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 head is is being wrapped around in a couple places because I feel like the a the the ban list and the bid changing and that not mattering anymore and this this random initiative they. <sighs> I think the the way that we're going to have to think about X-Wing is going to be completely new. It's I don't want to say that it's a new game, but the we're going to be able to use a lot of the same tools, the 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 bones of this is going to be the same, but depending on how extreme, and I use extreme not in a, with a negative connotation. I mean, like how far they go with a ban list could completely change how we go about list building, how we go about deciding what abilities are good and what abilities are bad. There may be pilots that never seen the light of day that all of a sudden you get to kind of like think about it's like hey i don't have to worry about a bit anymore i have x number of points hey i never played random tie fighter that you never thought of before which of course i'm that's not coming to mind right now but i th this question is hard for me to answer because i don't I do think a, a ship like Volt Scaris could, who currently in in any of the Galaxies events, I think we've seen it taken once and it didn't do very well. But that's a that's an example of a pilot that could potentially go from never played, never in the overall sense compared to the community, to all of a sudden, hey, it pops up once in a while. I'm wondering if maybe the, the a, a meta will always form like that's that's unavoidable but the there may be some underutilized pilots that actually see the light of day soon and that, who those are i'm gonna have to think longer about that i think uh patrick patrick hansen is a great player he he did identify two two very i think um I, i'm gonna say more obvious versions that that are gonna end up potentially bubbling to the top but of course we don't know we don't know where the, where the changes are. Here's I, I want to ask a question off this question. What do you think will matter more to AMG? Fluff, theme, or game balance? Because that's one thing that I see getting thrown around a lot. Is you know, we even did it in this in today's cast. Well, Darth Vader is the Lord of the Sith. Why shouldn't he be good? But if he's problematic for the balance of the game, does he get the axe? But it is also a Star Wars game. Like it's it's a uh, it. I, I don't want to be in AMG's place having to make those decisions because I think it's going to be tough. But at least they they give 
themselves more levers by having a ban list and the points. Potentially, it's like, hey, you could still fly Vader if you want. Might not be the most competitive because of this other lever that we pulled on them. Yeah, I was going to say. Can I ask something? What's the difference between fluff and theme? The, The same thing. Sorry. Oh. The fl- okay. fluff and theme. Sorry that I'm using that as overall, like you know, you know, uh, some people more, more tied to the narrative character than game balance. Right, is what she's saying. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I was, no, I was thinking to to that to that point. Like when we were talking a little bit earlier, like predictions of what they can ban. And I said Slave One. The only reason I went with Slave 1 is because they already have a different version of Slave 1. I don't know that I would have said Slave 1 because it's so iconic if it wasn't another version already there. I would say the same for Palpatine in the Empire. Like Palpatine in the Empire is a redonkulous good good card. Uh, Palpatine um, in the Separatist is also really good. Like every time you shoot me, you're going to get stressed. I'm going to be able to coordinate at any initiative. Um, like those are really good lists, but they are also iconic fluff, you know, to, to what you're saying. But um, I think that they're going to tend to keep that separated with the the thematic um kind of again i don't know what to call them but the the campaigns or the the other game modes that are not the traditional 200 points six round six rocks whatever 206 that everybody says uh, by the way i just figured out what 206 means like a week ago and i've been playing for like five six years so there you go um but anyway i, I think that they'll they'll keep them separate i don't i don't think that um they'll shy away from putting the axe to something that is, you know, like a Luke Skywalker. Actually, Luke Skywalker is a great example. Luke Skywalker gunner. It's a, it's, it's Luke Skywalker. I don't think that it'll be an issue like putting an axe to that because it, it basically makes your dial doesn't matter. Like I'm just going to go that way. I don't care where you are. I'm still going to shoot you. I could put that in an initiative one and my initiative one will always shoot your initiative six. You know, yeah. So, with the theme versus balance, I mean, the cop. So, I'm going to start with like sort of a cop out answer. They have to balancing act that in some manner to make sure the game is, uh, hits that star wars theme that people always wanted to make it to want it to feel like but at the same time create a game that's balanced so that there isn't clearly issues to where people can exploit so but are they going to potentially sway the balance one way or the other of the act of balancing the game on one side versus scenario casual you know theme level feel they could you know shift the percentages on that a little bit based upon what they're presenting you in ways to play because there's probably clearly some stuff that isn't like for example we just played a month or two back the trident thing where it was the leviathan hunt right 
yeah. I'm pretty sure that if you took that like Leviathan at like its its most mean point and brought it into epic play, and it was like costed the same amount as like a 200 point list because that's essentially what we're given. We each get some amount of points to go hunt the thing down. I'm pretty sure that doesn't turn out very well if you actually put two players on each side of the board and play that out. So uh, they'll, they'll have different formats that sway one way or the other, but I think if they were going to err on one side as a higher importance, it's probably game balance to make sure the rest of all the experiences are as equal as possible. Good stuff, good stuff. Marcel, you want to pick the next question? Uh, any, mini miny mo. How will ace play be affected by the coin toss? Will we see pure double, triple, or no, double, triple ace? I don't know what that means. Or maybe it will affect how ace list will be built by potentially adding some beef X uh, switch soon to buy a thick, basically like ace plus a bunch of not ace. Do we expect aces to go up? to go down in points. Does Sunter's worth his points if you can't guarantee moving second? Um, th th that was a, a lot of words basically to say, what do we feel will be the new place in the X-Wing for Aces? Uh, I'll start. So I, I, I actually don't know how the points will go because it depends how everything else points goes, but uh, let's assume that the, um, thank you. Let's assume that the points stay exactly the same, but all we're changing is the the way that initiative goes. I don't think that you necessarily make Sunter cheaper because of it, because Sunter will still be moving after like ninety percent of the stuff that's ninety five percent of the stuff that's out there now, and fifty percent of the time it will be moving after. 50% of the time in that little 5% that it's actually playing against other initiative sixes, it will also move last. So it's still just as good as it was before. So I don't think aces go necessarily cheaper. I think that you just have to adjust the way that you build to where maybe three sixes now, you know, you're, you're kind of committing to to three sixes and then you know you're kind of guaranteeing yourself to move last um in most you know in almost let's say 98 percent of matches or uh like um I, I forgot who asked the question but like whoever asked that question said you know you pair up your ace with other things you've seen the um uh things like um i don't know um, actually, Carson Ray is probably a great example of that. He's got Poe at initiative six, Lulo at initiative five, and then he's got Rose and Jess Pavla, which is kind of like a little beef uh, tank. So he's got, you know, a very consistent uh, initiative three jousting block, and then he's got an initiative five and an initiative six. Would he like to move second? Yes, he would like to move second. Does he need to move second? No. So he's he's a good example of a list that that's well rounded. Or another one is Daniel Leon's um, Zam and five initiative one trade federation drones. Again, he's got a high initiative ship, but then he's got a a, a jousting block that allows that 
initiative, the high initiative ship to basically out position ships and things like that. So, uh, so I think it, it, it impacts list building decisions, but it does not change the value of the ships as they are today. I think something that I, something that I want to add on there is so in in every meta we've ever had there are certain list archetypes that just don't work right there's certain you could you could think of maybe something that you've tried you realize that that version of a list doesn't specifically work and i think the the lists that will be very risky to bring would be a list that purely leans on moving last and i think that is and this is where I, I don't want to hurt people's feelings, okay? I don't want to hurt people's feelings. But, okay, if if the only way you can win an X-Wing game is by moving last, then you have some skills that need to be developed, okay? And there are... I, I think the, the if you like flying aces, I think the best one to kind of start off with and one that has great options moving both first and second at a high initiative is Sunterfell because he has an ability that gives him a free modification with a focus, okay, has access to the evade action, and can be a great blocker with boosting and barrel rolling, okay? I think that, that that's... That would be a great way to adjust to to kind of get a an equilibrium adjustment for your expectations of aces because you have some you, well, giant watermelon random sorry those of you who are just listening um, I think that it's 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 just going to take an adjustment and that is. You, you will need to find more tools than just moving last. I think that's kind of where, where the crux of some of a lot of like some of the worry about aces that I'm seeing out there is that you're going to have to find a list that potentially has more tools than just moving last. And I think, honestly, I'm kind of excited that it is opening up some of the possibilities of, hey, bring an ace, but also bring something we use carson ray's list as a great example of hey also bring something else some other tech that you're just not relying on one thing and i think that's going to start to create a more varied type of meta something where uh, a list that now we might look at it as seems uncohesive but in later might end up being a list that now covers many different has answers for many different archetypes and uh and, and types of lists yeah actually to back up your point about if if you were a player that played lists that moving last was your only trick because that's what you had to do to win your game before in, in the before amg rule change times you were probably correct because I'm going to steal a little bit of numbers from uh, from Chris Allen here, who gave, who did a little bit of stat running. Um, an average of your chance of winning increases by an average of thirty percent or more if you have a larger bid than your opponent if they have those equal initiatives, your fives and your sixes. 
that's just comically more important than a lot of those upgrades in the game that people will tack on that would lose you, say, the bid. And like, and now in this AMG rule set, lists that have to move last are not well-rounded lists anymore. They never really were before because they used the bid system to guarantee moving second. So now, because it's random, they don't have control over it, they're going to have to create more well-rounded lists, which without the bid system and the ability to spend all those points, I've seen rumblings around the internet, people concerned that like, oh, it's going to be swarm meta. What are my aces going to do? I'm like, your aces have all these points to spend now. Like they just have to roll the 50-50 to figure out if the ace versus ace matchup they have in their Swiss event, if they're going to move second or first. But against everything else, lower initiative, they now can spend all the points to get any tech and tools they feel they need to deal with the rest of the matchups in Swiss. I just want to say that um, math is hard. And the examples that he gave, because I listened to it today, um, I was at, while I was walking and going to the gym, and he was using an example saying, like, uh, lists that had this won 30% of the time, and when they won the roll-off, or when they had the initiative moving last, they won 60% of the time. So they're not winning 30% more. They're winning 100% more. They're, they're doubling their odds of winning, from going from 30, oh, going yeah, from 30 to 60. Well, that's the difference of specific powers. I'm thinking uh, what yeah. the average 30% is across the board. But you're right. There are examples where it's drastically different. Yeah, I mean, the ones that want to move last, the ones that matter, like the initiative fives, the initiative six, the ones that are bidding for it, their their likelihood of winning is doubling or more. Not It's not like 30% higher chance of winning. It's like a double percent chance or even more than double. And to to answer the the question again cuz I see it I see it popping up in the in the in the in the chat again. I just want to want to reiterate the the our understanding from the sources I've been able to find and re-listening to AMG over and over again. Initiative is set at random at the beginning of the game. There's no choice. And it stays the entire game. It was deemed was, and I, again to answer the second part because I see it in there. I see people like, well, what about alternating during the game? It was explored. It was deemed too complicated to track continuously. I know that because of things like the the ability queue um, and just one one adding one more thing to the game and again well, let, let's also address the the strategical impact that has because we we may have talked about it a little bit before we went live or started chatting on on air but what that also does is if you alternate it the player who just you know decides to change their engagement and install it a turn later because they have second player the next turn it's a lot of agency and like people you know maybe deciding to engage but like specifically waiting for a turn the other players then waiting for the other turn and then just like there's a whole lot of like waiting for each other to do something and probably not a lot of actual fighting right okay and 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 to address the question what makes it hard listen enough of y'all including us make enough mistakes in this game adding more stuff doesn't need to happen. None of y'all and none of us are perfect. I'm adding I more can... complexity. Go ahead, Will. 
I can barely read, and you expect me to count? <laughs> Look, and I've made definitely the mistake. We've all made this mistake before, where we start moving a ship, and we're like, "Oh, wait," or or we start getting it. We we move our ship, the last ship on the board. That's I six moving after their ships, and you go and you just start to grab your dice, ready for attack, and you're like, "Wait." My, my opponent's I-6 is actually supposed to shoot before me, and you got to roll that back. We've seen it. We know what happens. All right, all right. So, um... <laughs> um, so let's go ahead, and I, I want to pull this one. This is from uh, Sebastian. He says, is AMG being overzealous in their changes? Perhaps too eager to put the AMG trademark stamp on a game that wasn't originally theirs to kind of, quote unquote, stake their claim. Um, I want I want to go, I want to address this one because I find it really interesting because I'm going to, I don't, I don't know about you guys. I remember in, being in college and I, I, I promise this connects, okay? As, as for, for teaching and we were always told like if you go into a job where somebody was was doing a great job they were beloved and you're the new teacher and you're replacing like somebody who's retiring and was beloved change very little at first and make small incremental changes that that was a very common thing um that that was told to me and um, I will tell you from my experience, I took over my job and I changed so much the first year. And this was, I took over for somebody who retired and initially some people went, why? But once it was done, once I ripped the bandaid off, it was fine. Um, I look at AMG's approach at going kind of going big at first as a, they started by identifying the problems. At least it seems that way, right? It seems like they, they, they started by identifying the problems, apply solutions that can all be undone and redone at some point and see what goes forward. One of my worries with if they had gone kind of one piece at a time that I think the community would have been even even less malleable if they had not made big changes at once by, by kind of ripping the band-aid off all at once ban restricted list points change uh possible you know overall kind of structure changes by doing it all at once i think it actually kind of gets some of the growing pains out of the way and then they can adjust those things as as they go because uh, and, and to 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 be honest, really, if if there's anything new that they really did, because changing points isn't new, that's not new. Really, they've implemented one in really actually new thing. And I know somebody was like, "Well, but what about turns?" No, really, the only new thing is the banned list slash restricted list because the number of turns. That's not, but that's a ban. Like, I guess, I guess that isn't really new, right? That's a ban list. No, the only thing is the initiative. Other than that, like, right. hyperspace was well, a ban so list. I, I think people need to keep, like, separate the idea of a curated format and actually banning cards completely out of the game. Like, that is a possibility we need to be ready for. Because 
as developers, they may not want to deal with developing around certain cards, no matter their point cost, just on a rules basis thing. I know a lot of people have keyed in on saying, oh, but this curated format, they'll ban this, but I assume they'll be. I wouldn't assume that cards, like a banned card may straight be gone for good, ideally. And if, if you want to casual around and play kitchen table or with your friends, reminisce about a card that got banned, go for it. But like in a, in a tournament or organized play setting, it might just be straight gone, 100%. Think about the, uh, also the, you know, going back to the original question, um you know making an impact and kind of wanting to play with your new toy um you know one of the things that we that we were talking about a little bit ago were was like would they have would they go as far as banning some of the iconic things we we mentioned that a little bit or maybe i mentioned it i don't know i got watermelon in the brain but um the think about the possibilities they can ban a Palpatine or a Luke or a uh, Dooku. It allows them to build their own and like if they want to leave a stamp, like hey, I I want to I want you know Sidious. I want to build you know I, I want the Emperor to be like my vision of the Emperor. So banning it completely, getting rid of it, allows you to remake it, reprint it, and resell it. I mean, I wouldn't even, like, so this card is normally considered to be pretty bad. I wouldn't mind if they just ban it so they can make a better new one, and that's General Hux crew. Like, General Hux is a fun character. He's got cool things, but, man, he's never used. I don't know how, yeah. how low in points he needs to be without being free to be, like, used at all. Rip Captain Cardinal, too. <laughs> My boy, Captain Cardinal. He's great. Great in the books. Great in the books. Bad in X-Wing. Um, but yeah, to, to, to circle back to, to Sebastian's question, my short answer is no, I don't think they're going too far at the beginning. I think they have to take a big swing to see what happens. And then you make your adjustments from there. Who's next? Uh, who hasn't got to pick a question? Uh, well, that actually ties a lot into, um, new Thanos question. Mm-hmm. Um, goes on a bit about how uh, do we think the changes are too drastic in one go, um, uh, like they're trying to address too many issues all at once. Um, and basically, uh, Nutano is concerned that the major points update could potentially break the game. Um, we've seen this with uh nantex the whole it's like sky is falling meta when six nantex for tearing it up uh in, in like online tournaments mostly like i don't think the sky fell in like casual play um but it definitely had an a, a impact that rippled throughout the meta um at that time and we saw uh ffg at the uh corrected what was it probably like two months or so i know we had like what three or four tournaments for nantex one and then they corrected it before the final last year yeah to totally totally not because of galaxies that yeah, it totally wasn't the reason but fang long again was like i don't need i don't need six let's go five uh and still got it into the finals if i'm not mistaken so uh 
But anyways, what is our opinions on, uh, maybe not, uh, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. Are we concerned that uh, too many points updates could break the game? Uh, could we see, do we, and this isn't really like, like speculation, this might just be a, like a feelings question, right? Um, about how, how do we feel uh, that the state of the game is gonna progress with so many changes? And if, uh, my kind of question on this is, will we see the same kind of reactionary actions that FFG had made once they recognized um, they'd essentially broke the game? Um, I, I'll, I'll take this one first. Okay, I think I think the game is going to be different. But I also think can history will repeat itself, Will. We will have new stuff. A good thing will be discovered. People will go, too good. And then over time, we will go, wait a second. This is how you fight that. And this is actually better. And things will develop. I Every time we've had a points change and a release drop, the meta has transformed and evolved to adjust somehow to what is good, right? And we've always had this thought that there was likely lists and combinations that could have potentially been good, but just never saw the light of day because somebody didn't try it, right? Because there are so many possible combinations of things that could be good. We, with the... With a points change, which we don't know how drastic it is, but let's let's say it is pretty big. Let's say there's a lot of fluctuation in points, plus a plus a change in the main format having bans and and not banned or and restricted. This is going to we're going into a a brand new game. I said it already. We're going into a brand new game. I think that it's I. I could something be broken? Yes, but I think it's going to take a while for us to actually discover if it is or not. And I would hope that AMG, because they got it's all digital materials, they should be able to be like, oh, we messed up, let's fix it. Marcellus, look, you had something to say. Yeah, I was just going to say when you were saying like drastic, let's uh, not forget that that drastic change can also be uh, whatever, whatever's not printed on the cards, which includes all of the available upgrades. Mm -hmm. So we might be, um, I mean, I, we, I, we don't know. Like, uh, you might have TIE fighters with missiles now. Like, maybe? Like, who's, who's to say no? Um, other than, I guess, fluff. But um, anyway, all, all of that can, can, can be that way. And I just, I happen to think that if they, uh, two things, I don't, I don't know, and it depends on how many people they've got testing it, and then the, I don't want to say the quality of people, I'm going to say the variety of people. Like, like the variety of people, because uh, I'm not a play sister, so I don't know. Uh, but the variety of people, like if it's people that have a similar mindset and similar play styles and are from similar regions that are play testing, you're probably going to have a scenario like the Nantex, because you know, those rocks aren't overturned during testing versus what if you have a mix of people that like to get creative and you have another mix of people that are just trying to break the game purposely. 
Um, so I think that'll have a lot to do with it. But as far as uh, how do I feel, I think part of the question was, how do you how do I feel they'll react if they accidentally break the game? I would imagine that they would react even faster than those two months. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, you got to give, like Dion said, you got to give time for it to figure out if it's really broken or if it's, you know, we just haven't like figured it out yet. But they've got a lot riding on this because they've this is their first major change, and to assume that they're not going to be like looking at how people react and how tournaments play out um online tournaments they i mean they they've got to be looking at online tournaments not only do they have to be looking at online tournaments the the play testers i assume are playing online against each other i don't think the play testers are you know in the middle of a pandemic we're getting together so i think they'll be pretty quick to pull the trigger on on making a change if if it's busted i mean if you think about it under theoretically if i recall timing correctly um hera and protector gleb both had almost a week past release or reveal instant errata fix change clarification type things hera it was originally used by a lot of the community at the time to throw someone a lock or focus to fulfill the requirements for a secondary weapon. Um, Protector Gleb was almost allowed to pass enemy ships because of Hondo. If you have Protector Gleb and Hondo crew, you could pass enemy ships negative uh, tokens because it could be orange or red to enemy ships by coordinating them with Hondo and then coordinating with your ships. Both of those things were shot down moderately quickly. So we know they're ready to pull the trigger on stuff that may have been missed that are potentially game-breaking or not designed as as the way they intended it to be. So if that's the current track record, they're pretty quick on that stuff, especially when it deals with errata or making sure cards meant intended a certain way or rules or something that gets found later that's broken. They're not waiting months for that at this point they might be waiting to adjust things for balancing of points reasons but if something directly you know on wording of a card breaks it they're not waiting to increase the points in that they're waiting they're they're going after it almost right away the only few that have kind of stuck around i think uh people think needs to be rewarded but it doesn't have to because it's uh one of the zam conditions where it's like you can acquire a lock some people uh it's it's worded a certain way i forget exactly how it is but it deals with having to acquire lock to be able to fulfill the requirement like spending the charge to to or to gain a charge to you have to be able to recover a charge to be able to acquire the lock that's what it was yep and um People think that should be reversed as something to moderately nerf the card. I don't know how much that will actually do. But either way, there are clear higher priority or egregious ones, like we saw with Hera or Protector Club. Whether they feel egregious in a negative way by a majority or a minority of the community, either way, they felt the need to address it, and they did. So there is some level of recency 
to keep in mind that they are making those changes pretty uh, swiftly as necessary. Will, you picked a question. What do you think? Uh, I, Brian took it, uh, right out of, uh, my head, um, that they actually do have a great track record of, uh, fixing issues, though they might not want to, I don't know how they balance, like, uh, um, what do I want to say? Maybe like their public persona, um, like doing all this big change and then like two weeks later, be like, oh no, you know what? We actually did mess up pretty big. So like, I have to assume that they're going as thorough as possible with this to make sure that they don't have to make an update to it. Um, though who's to say, um, there's a lot of cards in the game, but I think their track record stands for itself that they've been on the ball, um, already trying to integrate themselves into uh, judge communities, tournament communities, um, things like uh, things where players play, if that makes sense, um, to get that like in the, maybe not in the moment, but like, I want to say like the, the most up-to-date information um, of what like players are playing. So uh yeah they they should be just fine i'm worried that well, what these changes will be of course but i think that their uh, their response if anything does happen should be pretty swift Oh, sorry about that. Yep, deal. fixed it already. Um, <laughs> Andrew Durham asks, basically, uh, he's worried about filler upgrades and that they might become, they might cause disorganization or confusion within lists. My argument to that, and I think it's pretty quick, is there's actually quite a few one to two point upgrades that I think will, that have, haven't been played in the past because the bid was just better like it's like why would i why would i bring uh let me let me go ahead and pull up yasby here I, i'm not uh, like cheap ebt's like marksmanship composure yeah like stable closure mm -hmm. yeah exactly or uh, starboard slash like they're not you normally would not have brought those things because they weren't worth using when in, in our current mindset of list building but if now they're available and it doesn't hurt you i.e it doesn't take away from your bid because bids no longer matter now you say hey if it happens it happens but hey that's what a one to two point upgrade should be it's a it's a nice to have not a my list is built around it a andrew's my guy but um and no like, if I don't, if if you're filling your list for a tournament, now let's be clear, it's for tournament play because in casual play you just put whatever you want in there anyway for fun. But if you if you're filling your tournament list with filler, then you're doing a terrible job building a list. Simple as that. If if you can't figure out a better way to add one or two points then you're not getting the most out of your list and you're uh 
in that particular case, bad at build list building. Simple as that. It's uh, it's kind of it's kind of kind of rough, but if if you can't figure out how to make your list better with two or three points that that that's available out there, then you're not looking hard enough. You're not building it. You're you're missing something. Is the only thing I'm gonna say. All right, Marcel, you want to take uh, take this this next one that we have on our doc? Sure, it's by Rishka, and um, the recent rules announcement changed the yeah the ugh, words are hard. The recent rules announcements changed the macro of the game meta through process behind build ugh, behind building lists, but what leave the micro entirely intact how you perform the phases of a round what are some of the things that you are most excited for that are a direct result of the changes that are coming our way um i think you know for me and again i i I don't know if if it made any sense the way i read it um but basically the they're changing big things in the game what are the little details that that you know aren't being um discussed is the way that i took that and i think what i'm most excited about in in these changes are just the um the, the shift of of the list building because again that's that's kind of where, where i started today's podcast saying that i'm kind of in a lull of not being motivated to build anything on yasby or really put stuff out there because i'm worried about not worried i'm just not motivated because i'm like this is not going to be it's about to like, change. there's no challenge to it yeah it's not there's no payoff um for me because it's not going to be it's not going to exist so for me i'm just most excited about trying to figure out you know, what the new points are, what I'm going to build, and how I'm going to build, because I like those alpha strike lists. So, and I like, I like out positioning people. I like blocking. I mean, that's, you know, so trying to figure out how to continue to fly the list that I enjoy to fly and kind of what kind of gems are out there to allow me to play the game the way that I like to play the game. Um, so, I don't know. I, I probably did a terrible job answering specifically what was being asked. But um, I'll blame the watermelon. Ryan? So, yeah, the, I mean, they obviously changed a lot of the foundational aspects of the game. And like, like uh, Rishka mentioned, there's not a lot of the intermediate small stuff so that impacts from the big to the small um i'm i'm just kind of you know excited to to look at and see how the matchups um play out now when we're looking at certain aces at i5 or i6 how they deal with first player um, what upgrades that people never used before now get put into good effect that there's no bid, so I can start taking other things because the bid mattered so much in the past to guarantee second player. 
you know, and how that plays out on the board is, is interesting to me just because I like getting to see how the players adapt to using their aces and learning how to fly them in a manner that can be success, manner that they can be successful both as second player and as first player. Well. Hold on, if I'm on mute here. Oh, I, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Uh, we will uh, we will have to find out, I guess. So, for... I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I would, like, I, I would just would echo what these guys are saying. For me, what I'm hoping is if, if some of the things that I'm assuming are going to be banned in the main competitive format are banned, that... There's just more emphasis on the dial. The dial needs to matter more because the dial is the game. That's that's my 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 thought on that. You know, we've got actually quite a few really good suggestions on some future content that people want to see. And I think one thing that we could do next week is go through um, a list of upgrades. We'll start with upgrades before we hit pilots because pilots is, is a whole nother can of worms. But what are some upgrades that different fact that like multiple factions can take that normally don't get used and start finding some uses for them? Maybe there was some suggestions for taking lists that normally would have had a bid and showing an example of taking some of those cheaper upgrades or the the however many points bids they had and how they would fill that list when a bid doesn't matter. I think those are type of thing. I think that could be really fun to actually do go back through galaxies, um, you know, lists and, and do that. I think that could be a really good exercise to do as well as exploring some less use upgrades that are, that traditionally have not been quote unquote worth taking over having a bit i think those should those could be some great things and of course those would be in the context of the points that we know now versus what's in the future um and will i thought i thought there was one other thing that we hadn't hit on that i see that you put in the notes uh yeah this comes from j d bestus uh, from our twitch chat here um brought up uh the um the mention of sideboards um, i believe uh Wilschick said it um or mentioned it like offhand i forget when but um remember he said something about a, a sideboard for tournaments to um to explain that better sometimes in um like card deck building competitive games uh, you might have a list but you might have some cards uh, set aside as a sideboard they could swap in um, in case you see a, a, a matchup um, that your list or deck um, isn't normally prepared to handle. Um, sometimes like a mirror match, I think that's, um, I don't know much about it, but I would assume it would be like a mirror match, you want to be able to something to counter or something that's already in your deck or uh, see something that like in X-Wing terms, it's a swarm. So like, well, I want to bring in my Diamond Boron missile. Um, instead of my ion or something like that. Uh, how do you guys think a potential sideboard for tournaments could affect uh, competitive play? It kind of reminds me of uh, Cicatro Visago. 
the um, first edition. yes first edition version so for anybody who's not familiar with the card it essentially said that you could bring uh elicits that were the same cost or potentially cheaper than the one you have quote-unquote equipped already to i think it was like ships in your squad and before the game starts you could have you could swap them out um i i think it could be interesting to have essentially a and when a sideboard, depending if you think a card game, I used to play a lot of uh, a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh early in the day, and there was some in some instances of tournaments, there was some pretty extreme changes you can make to a deck with a sideboard. Um, in X-Wing, we could take it as far as something like you can set aside ten points worth of upgrades that you can swap of course in legal spots in your squad uh before the start of the game um it could maybe be something along those, the lines of like here is version a b and c of my list but you have to have them like set and say all right i'm gonna play version b they all maybe have the same points cost this one has i think you had said dime this one has diamond boron missiles in it but this one has mag pulse and and something you know the the extra points cost it somewhere else um i could see it maybe being implemented something like that i just hope it's nothing like um too extreme like hangar bay uh the last thing i want to do is carry around extra stuff at tournaments and stuff like that. So it, 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 I like the idea of it, but if it's in a very controlled environment where they're like, the most you can swap out is 25 points of your list or something like that. Like, or you, or the most you can swap out is one card that has to be equal to, or less than, like you said, like the old 1.0, um, but well, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name. Cicatro um, Vizago. Something like that. And so I, I like the idea of it. Again, as long as it's not um it's not like hangar bay or you know, too like bring an entirely extra ship or something like that. So but it sounds fun. I mean it's it it opens up more 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 options, which is good. Ryan, I'm, I'm going to add a, a twist here before you give your answer. A couple of people in the chat are asking, could a sideboard include ships? What do you think some of the complications, plus, minus, uh, could be there? Um, I mean, overall, I don't think it's going to be able to include swapping out ships. Um I think is more likely going to be a low set amount of points upgrades. Now, Marcel said 25, which you technically could swap out some ships to be able to do that in certain lips, in certain lists, but that is very low. I think they probably want to keep it as streamlined as possible. So, and if you think about it on a somewhat thematic basis, if you're going into a fight, you generally know what the actual ships that exist in the area, and what's going to happen. Um, so, I mean, uh, swapping around some upgrades seems like a thing that's more likely, but I could definitely see, depending on formats, scenarios, objectives, that they could increase the effect of how much you could swap in or out. That could include whole ships, 
Um, maybe, maybe not swapping out ships, but what if you could swap out a pilot within a ship, right? So you could say, this ship has to be here, but instead of Merrick Steel flying it, it's uh, Zertik Strom or whatever, you know, and, there, and you can swap out the, the leftover points and upgrades you want to use. Um, I think it's probably more likely that it's going to be a small amount, upgrade only, um, but the, that's, they got a lot of room to play around with it, that's for sure. I mean, they, they've set in stone the ability to go any direction they want to. So, so I'm not as familiar, with, like I, I haven't played other tabletop games, so I have no 40K or anything like that. Um, is sideboard always swap, or can sideboard ever be a situation where, like, you know, both of you get, you know, 30 points, and after round four, it's a reinforcement or something like that. Is sideboard's always a swap, or can sideboard be yeah, interpreted as a reinforcement? The, the, that term sideboard would be like a swap, like a, an extra, um, like I said, normally used in deck games where you have like 60 cards, but you have a sideboard of, say, eight or something. Um, they could swap in um, before the round, assuming when you see your opponent's list, you have a moment to make an adjustment. And then there's going to be the then the question of like when do you reveal your changes, right? Because like I change this, no, well actually I change this. Well then actually I, you know, there's going to be some there has to be some type of um, procedure so, that's created for that. Um, la la pirate baronet or whatever. <laughs> I always struggle with that one. Uh, actually, brought up a good point uh, in Marvel Crisis. You do technically have a sideboard but it's not the way you think um, that you bring a large amount of characters. And then depending on the scenario and things you can take off of your roster to build a squad. So you'd have like some leftover characters into it. So it could be the way um, they go that you could build a 250 point list, but you can only play 200 points in the tournament. I don't think they'll do that. That seems overly complicated, uh, but there is precedent for it. Yeah, Will, what you're mentioning is basically something like every professional sports team has. You have the starting players and you have mm -hmm. the bench players. That's, that's exactly. that sounds like what Marvel Crisis Protocol does. Exactly, yep. I mean, I think, uh, some, I forget who mentioned it uh, now. Um, there's a lot, we're talking a lot about a lot of things, but I do think that sideboards do favor some list rather than others. Uh, we were just talking about how aces, you're like, oh, well, I'll just swap in this upgrade, or like, oh, this would be a fun upgrade to swap in. Um, if you're running like, we'll say eight foes, you don't have a sideboard. You don't have any extra points. Uh, what is it like uh, BB, um, BB blues and rose? Like, what's your sideboard? Like, are you gonna switch out any of those upgrades for something else? Right? Would you ever swap out C-3PO for a different crew, depending on the matchup? Um, so I think that it, it is going to favor certain lists um, who take advantage of those extra upgrade slots. Um, I'm not sure. 
uh, we, we have actually very little information on side four. It was just kind of like offhand mentioned, but um, I think that it could be a way for aces to contract something. Um, I think Starslinger mentioned it. it was like, well, I just bring passive sensors on my sideboard um, for my Vader. And if there's a nice six, we swap out. Otherwise you keep the fire control system like that. That would make that sideboard so powerful for that list. Whereas like just someone swapping out like, well, I'm gonna use Starboard Slash instead of Marksmanship, right? Like not as powerful. So I don't think it's, you, you fix like it. You fix that one by it. making passive sensors more expensive, by the way. Well, I mean, <laughs> well it depends on if you but... want the sideboard to be an X amount of cost. I mean, what if they weigh the sideboard Sound, this sounds probably a bit off, and I know people are probably going to hate me for this, or really like uh -oh. either way, because people love their varied point costs depending on stuff. But the more, the higher total orange number you have in your list, the less sideboard you get. Mm, or, mm -hmm. I mean, you could just make the sideboard all plus two cost, right? If you, yeah. if you do bring in a, an upgrade, so like you're not even swapping out. An equal upgrade, you have to swap out for a cheaper upgrade. Well, or uh. when when you pay for the stuff to be in your sideboard, they cost X amount more points. Well, that's 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 probably no different than just having a lesser total, but they would be the same equal. It sounds probably gonna be be confusing to do that. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think sideboard's gonna be really confusing. I hope they slowly implement it through um tournaments like we've done hangar bay in the past right but to me i hope it's not the standard anymore no i think i think that is one where it's like they said hey we're we're thinking about this because that was if i'm remembering correctly it was like we're looking at we're looking at sideboards i think that'll be one that is put out in a in a, a small very confined space and slowly if if it works out then then it's good and you know what one of the things I'm, I'm gonna connect this back i promise um i've been thinking about the narrative versus competitive play a lot and leaning trying to find that balance in my in my heart really on what matters more to me what drives and this also comes from a question that I got. Somebody sent me a Facebook message and said, you guys haven't really talked about the business implications of their decisions. And I, I don't entirely agree with that. I think we've we've touched on it. Um, and I think it's definitely interesting to think about if they favor narrative versus versus competitive, how, how does that affect their, their bottom lines? Um, but I think whatever – wherever they lean in in more if they if they're their competitive format whatever that might end up being i think you're going to see a lot of the testing ground end up being in those narrative more casual less um consequential type of events whatever those end up being um I, I think that's where we where we end up seeing seeing some of the the experiment stuff first um like a sideboard like we said will i think you had a perfect example there um hangar bay right 
Hangar Bay was was is kind of the the first experiment with that. Which one interesting that thing that came about with Hangar Bay was the idea of somebody who just didn't bring a second list, aka didn't bring a sideboard. I don't need it. I'm super confident in this. I'm just gonna play this. I'm just gonna play my one list. I mean, I, I I know I know of players in the chat who've done that. They go play in a Hangar Bay event, but it really it didn't they didn't, they didn't come to play Hangar Bay. They came to have three rounds of extra practice with their list. <laughs> so we'll we'll end up seeing how how it ends up uh, affecting things. But hopefully, hopefully, talking through this and and really trying to look at it from different angles starts to. I think help people calm down. I, I I want the overall temperature to kind of come down in the X-Wing room. And let's let's see really what happens. We, we, we have a lot of theories on what on the worst case scenarios. And I think that ends up what what ends up getting a lot of the, the eyes first is the overreaction. Well, if they do this, then if, if X, then Y can happen, right? There's a lot of overreaction there. But let's. Let's end up seeing it. And the last question I want to end here with, and um, Marcel, I'd like to hear your thoughts first. Um, there's a question here that says, AMG said they want to amplify the factions, the idea of factions, the faction identities more through the points changes and some of the upcoming changes. Um, could you see different costs for generic upgrades depending on the faction? Question mark? I think so. Um, is you know if if you're looking at uh, as an example, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but uh, probably a good example would be the um, gamut. Key. No, it's not gamut key. It's the other one. The gleb. gleb. Yeah, yeah. Where it's uh, it's definitely more valuable in one versus the other, or if you're looking at something like um, um. Like Empire, not actually Empire is probably, but like Rebels versus versus um, versus Scum, where Scum has a lot more low initiative generics that that can like spam things, and the Rebels are working. You know, the the Rebel spam is not really spam; it's more beefy, and they they you know they benefit from different things differently. So I can see it that way as far as costing things differently based on which factions they are but I, but I can also see it them saying like trying to break out the identity more I mean there's so many different ways to interpret it break out the identity more where um, you know the, the the scum has actual you know identity of you have the black sun you have you know like little pockets of of um you know scum has little pockets of things that are part of the you know the 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 mandalorian type of setting then you have the black sun setting um black sun setting anyway <laughs> but you get it like the rebels have you know the or not the rebels the empire has um you know back like the last system open they had every all the ships were part of that that one I don't even know, but it's all the TIE fighters that, that they were giving out. The you know, Infernal th Squadron. Yeah, the Infernal Squadron. So maybe break. it could also be not just how they point them, but how they 
they give them like little pockets of identity where where these are the ships that participated in this era or in this particular battle or they were part of you know the abc squadron or things like that that that's another way that they can be that's another way of interpreting giving them like more identity that's definitely a way it can go definitely I mean, there's some there's some some different ideas we see in the chat here. Um, I, I one I want to comment on is I don't think there should ever be zero point upgrades in the game. <laughs> no 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 zero point upgrades and definitely not even R five TK shoot your own ships. Not even R five TK. How about Is negative points? <laughs> How about negative points like the um, something that title. Is, like the defender title that is that definitively makes your ship worse you know as yep. compared to the native ability it's true um <laughs> maybe maybe and and again i'm i'm talking with our current setting right my my tune can change as soon as all the all the stuff ends up happening um but the specifically i was talking about the the faction identity cards because the abilities on each of those cards have so, so for instance, right? Let, let's talk about uh, each of the faction identity cards that currently exist. We're talking about like heroic, ruthless, fearless, disciplined, hopeful. All those, depending on what is good currently in the meta, they have different values there. And then on top of that just kind of the base mechanics can end up having more value than the others, right? We, for instance, have compared often like disciplined and hopeful that disciplined is a, a in general, a better card than hopeful is because of the chassis they end up sitting on is hopeful bad. Well, right now that's a whole nother debate for another day, but that's, you know, that's that's the kind of idea. I I'd be careful with always making them free. That would be that'd be a little bit strange. But I, I think one of the Marcel to kind of go off of what you're saying with faction identity. I think if if I'm AMG, you got to be careful how I, I like your idea better than if they went a little bit too broad. Because if they if, let's say they, they said okay, um, scum always gets offensive let, we'll go with fearless scum always gets to modify things to hits right that seems really powerful <laughs> you see ryan's face right now going excuse me what and um empire always has ways to target lock and and rub like if you go if you make it that simple i think you could end up putting yourself in a strange corner right? so i'm curious to see what they i what they identify as faction identity because one thing that we've talked about pretty often is that the 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 line the the lines have blurred between what is the faction identity very early on in second edition they were like oh rebels always help each other and empire is more kind of like do it on your own but we started just kind of getting getting a lot of the similar effects done different ways in all the factions, which again, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, but I'm curious to see what they identify and try to pursue as the faction identity. 
Yeah, that's what I took it as that it would be um, uh, swarms are cheaper in CIS and maybe Empire, whereas your swarms might be more expensive in, say, Scum and Rebels, who traditionally wouldn't fly those archetypes. Uh, same thing with, like, um, there's a weird example, but, like, specialized munitions um like say like it might be more expensive for rebels to get a hold of like magpulse munitions whereas the empire who like probably has factories to make this stuff would they would be cheaper to get those specialized munitions um same thing with like droids um you'd be like uh, uh what do i want to say the um well maybe that i guess that's more era based like depending on what time during the yeah, that's like they have available yeah like yeah like the different r models of astromax like don't didn't come out until later so i don't know that's weird but uh that that's kind of why i took it as is trying to get back into like what uh, what rock paper scissors um swarm ace turret are you it does your faction best represent Ryan, you, you had uh, something to say on that as well? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see if the direction we interpret from their points changes, because they said that their points changes upcoming, theoretically, are going to reflect what they feel like the faction should represent. Is it represented physically within certain ships or pilots being more featured or highlighted being a little bit cheaper or the other stuff just being a lot more expensive is it going to be more of a like steered path of of that type of list building or is it going to be a feeling are they going to exude a sort of like like right now i think that the faction that oddly has the most feeling around them is the first order they want to give like beyond them just having kylo the faction they want to stress you out, not like just with a token, but like they're going to either like stress you out with like a bunch of first FO cadets or they're going to do effects that negatively affect you, your phasmas, your uh, petty officer Thanison, your commander Pyre, things that give you negative effects on your ships. Um, is it going to be that feeling effect where they steer you in that sort of trajectory of this is what the faction should feel like when you're playing it and not specifically feature chassis or pilots you know because obviously with empire they're known for like at least thematically in some aspect they're very swarm-ish we see a lot of shots in the movies of just tie fighters and a smatter of tie interceptors just flying around the the heroes like crazy but also we know that in uh canon both legend and uh current canon that they have a lot of very very talented pilots outside of just vader that act as the aces and they have those really ace level pilots that could come together and make those ace lists so i'll be curious to see what type of direction amg takes if it's more of a tangible 
like these ships or or pilots are what we want to focus on to be an identity of the faction to build around here's your core and this is or here's your options from for cores that you can pick from and this is what you could build around it or is it going to be a little more ambiguous where it's going to turn into what this feels like playing or what it's going to interpret on a feeling basis on the board that's great that's great. Yeah, and I would I would definitely love to be cuz if they are thinking about faction identity, I'm almost sure I'm thinking just kind of like as a as a planner as 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 a as, as a fellow person who's who's created things before. If they're worried about faction identity, they have had to make a decision on what that is. What they have written somewhere in their AMG notes the separatist identity equals this first order equals this and they're gonna if they if they are actually trying to do identity they will build around that and we'll see how obvious or not obvious it is um i'm curious i'm curious but again um today's discussion again is is a lot of rehashing what we did on thursday i decided not to upload that as a podcast just because it was just initial reactions and i think today our thoughts are, are a bit more refined <laughs> after being able to after being able to actually like digest this over a couple days so um, hopefully you enjoyed today's cast and over the next as we get more information we will definitely be discussing it make sure to become a part of our discord if you haven't to be able to be a part of the conversation there's a lot of great uh conversations happening in there um and i think my favorite thing about our discord community guys is people keep it respectful and uh, if they don't they get the boot that's just how that's just how this is how it goes so uh if you want to have uh discussions and and uh and keep keep it civil you know hit the link in the description down below or exclamation point discord uh join us there and of course just follow the community guidelines keep things positive have discussions uh attack the problem not the person and uh let's just try to talk about x-wing which is always great any uh closing thoughts ideas anything before we go my friends um, I have a uh, one, well, I, let me say that again. <laughs> I have a main wish list, something that I'm looking for in the points update, and I want more variable pricing. Variable price, literally everything. I do not care. Uh, I don't care how confusing it may look on a PDF. It we don't use them anymore. Let's get the variable pricing. And I'm going to be, uh, what do I say? I excited to see where they take advantage of those different um, ways to point things. All right. Brian, anything in, in closing? Um, nothing specific besides just general excitement, I guess, if, if we're kind of going on the side of like what we're really hoping for out of these upcoming points, changes and identities off of what Will mentioned. Um, I hope they make more and or the one, the ones currently available tactical relays more appetizing to take as a, as a, as a separatist player at heart. I miss the tactical relays. Only few of them are worthwhile taking in the current meta as it is. I hope either they're more worthwhile going forward or they get a little bit of adjustment to help them out. I like those things. I think they were a great identity piece for the Separatists when they were first shown off, and I'd like to see them in most lists. Marcel? 
I think for me, the um, the thing that I'm most hopeful for is I'm I'm just hoping to get rid of laziness building and spam. Um, you know, there's always going to be the Nantex. There's always going to be the the Barons. There's always going to be things that are cheaper than they probably should be. And I hate, I just hate the the boringness of. Well, I can fit seven X wings now, so let's play seven X wings um, because it's because it fits. So I, I just don't like that. I find it boring. Like Focho, you know, the the eight those. Uh, so uh, whatever it is, I just I just hope that if they're making the high initiative ships have to rethink how they list build because because of the bid and all of that that there it that it balances out by making the middle the middle to lower initiative um, list also have to re rethink how they list build as well. So I just want a little bit of. Of, uh, of not of a shakeup only at the higher initiatives, but a shakeup across the board with with the way lists are made. And um, basically more creativity, less spam options means you won't be playing the same ship, hopefully against the same combo, you know, four out of six games in a tournament. I would like to say that I think it's boring when I see the same type of ace three times on the board across from me as well. So I hope um, they lessen that. I I agree. I, I like I, I don't like playing against the same aces. I don't like playing against you know Zam all the time or 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 Bosk all the time. You know, hopefully there's there's a, it, it, anytime there's a variety, we all win. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, I see some people in the chat asking about Adepticon. I don't have new more news on that. And once I do, I'll let you know. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Stay smart. Stay safe. Gold Squadron out.